Hello, hello, hello. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Down in the Valley podcast, proud member of the Beautiful Game Network. To see our podcast and other USL podcasts and articles, be sure to check out their website at bgn.fm. You can also check out our podcast on Spotify, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts, as well as other podcasting platforms. For those of you that are listening through the podcast audio, we go live every Wednesday at 7 p.m. on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash down in the valley, and on Facebook Live at facebook.com slash down in the RGV. Be sure to hit that subscribe button below to get notified whenever we post content on our channel. And while you're at it, go ahead, hit that like button on, on uh, Facebook and on YouTube and share this uh, stream with all of your Toros friends. I wanna take the time to thank the BGN sponsors like Roughneck Scarves, the official scarf supplier of MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. We also wanna thank Icarus FC for their support of the Beautiful Game Network. Tired of the same old uniforms and cookie cutter templates from Nike and Adidas? Looking for a unique, completely custom kit for your youth club? Sunday League, Adult, or even a Pro Team, Icarus FC can help you create the kit of your dreams at an affordable price. Let them help you design your new custom kit today at IcarusFC.com. And finally, I want to take the time to thank all of our Down in the Valley patrons, Jeff Strong, Harry Austin, Javier Ochoa, Gilbert Guajardo, Eddie de la Garza, Santos Cisneros, and Johnny Reese. If you would like to help support the podcast financially while earning exclusive perks as you do so, please go to patreon.com slash down in the RGV to sign up for any of our available tiers. Guys, we have an excellent episode planned today. Like we've said for the last couple of days, tonight we have a very, very special guest on the show. Please welcome RGVFC president, Ron Patel. Ron, how are you doing? Good. How's everybody? Doing well. Doing doing well. It's just a little bit of um, uh, a little bit of uh, uh, anxiousness to get this uh, season ready. You're telling me, man. You know, when you work in the front office of sports, don't get me wrong. I absolutely love my job, but it's so much work that goes into actually putting something onto the field. Mm-hmm. Like you look forward to it just as much as the fans do, because when we finally come time to, to kick the ball, I just can't wait to see it happening. And, and I, I just know there's going to be like a different feeling in the stadium this year. So I can't wait. So I can, as you can already see, he's already rocking that, that, that Puma, that exclusive uh, Puma jacket. <laughs> can't wait to see that on the stores, honestly. But, uh, but guys, I do, do want to give a quick shout out to everybody that's in the chat right now. We've got Johnny, we've got Santos, we've got Mike, uh, we've got uh, we've got Eddie as well. Um, this Mike says hi, uh, Ron. So, what's up, Mike? So, all right. So, let's get let's get the show uh, on the road now. As y'all, I know you, a lot of us, including myself, have had a lot of questions regarding uh, what the direction is going to be for this new era of RGVFC, or as Ron himself calls it, uh, Toros 2.0. And so uh, for, for what, are, what we're going to be doing on this show today is we're going to be talking about 
the um, we're, um, get some some more answers to some of, some of the questions that uh, I've heard a lot of uh, a lot of fans uh, asking throughout throughout the course of the uh, of of this uh, off season. Uh, so, Ron, tell us tell us first. All right, so after being living one year in the Rio Grande Valley. What were some of the most important observations regarding the soccer culture in the RRGV? And how do you plan to use that to influence the culture at RGVFC, at the club? Yeah, first observation, it's hot and humid here. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, No, I've actually acclimated to it now, which is great. Um, no, I, so I got here a little over a year ago, as you mentioned, and came in very um, open-minded didn't want to come in like as a know-it-all and saying all right you know I did this over there and now I can do the same thing here so mm -hmm. I think when I when I did my first uh, speech to the fans it was at a season ticket holder event and the first question I got was hey what are you going to change and my answer was I don't know right if you remember mm -hmm. that. yes I don't know I got I gotta I gotta talk to people I gotta listen um, that was when I thought we'd be able to sit down within six feet of each other anytime we wanted to for, for the first year. And obviously that didn't uh, pan out as planned. Um, so we've, it's been a lot of virtual interactions with supporters. And then as it got safer to, to be able to go out and stuff, being able to do more in-person interactions in the community. But I think you know, the biggest thing that, that I've noticed down here um, is just how knowledgeable the fan base is, I'm sorry, not even the fan base, how knowledgeable the population is on the game of soccer. People know their football here. People appreciate the game. People respect the game and, and they expect uh, a soccer product, albeit, you know, a professional team to, to be ran properly, to be ran um, for the people. Um, and it needs to be an attractive product too. So I've noticed that right away. Um, so as we do, as you mentioned, this kind of 2.0 versions of, of the Toros that we've taken over the technical side of the of the club, we've we've uh, I'm sure we got you know we got a lot to talk about today. But um, as we do that, we've got to make sure it's an attractive style of play. We got to make sure that we represent the community not only on the field, but we are present in our community. And those of you who pay attention to our social media, hopefully see that 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 we're getting out there as much as we can to 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 shake hands and and meet people or fist bump, I guess, now during the pandemic um, mm -hmm. and, and, and try to create positive outcomes within the community. So, so you mentioned right, right off the bat that you wanted this team to have an attractive uh, play style. Uh, what other details regarding the previous relationship with the Houston Dynamo uh, in Toros 1.0 per se, uh, did you see that was incompatible with the RGV culture or the RGV soccer culture? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not trying to say that it wasn't attractive before. And that's not what I was trying to say. I think, you know, the biggest difference before is the players were playing for Houston, right? Mm -hmm. And they, and, and granted, we, we've had some great guys down here that got involved in the community and that's awesome. The stuff that they've done with kids and stuff that, that there's a lot of things that a lot of people don't know about the players in the past past few years and what they've done going out and helping in the community. So it's not, it's not, I'm not saying that it wasn't, none of that was done before. I guess what I'm saying is that they weren't playing for the shield that was on their chest, okay. right? They were playing for a spot up, up six hours North um, and, and to the East, right? Um, in, in Houston. 
And when I say that is that's what their goal was. Now, now, now our goal has changed. Our, our, what, we, what we have now is we represent the Rio Grande Valley. We're the professional soccer team that represents the Rio Grande Valley. It doesn't matter what league you're in, MLS, USL, NISA, whatever. When you play soccer, and that's what you do for a living, you represent the shield on your chest and you represent the community that, that shield covers. And so we, we have to take that responsibility very seriously. Um, and so that's, that's my goal. I, 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 I don't wanna focus on the past. I wanna focus on what we have in front of us. I think by having Wilmer at the helm, um, it's phenomenal. Just I, I couldn't, when I started the coaching search, I couldn't have dreamed of a, of a better candidate for this. I, you guys know I'm very gung-ho, very, very, very uh, excited about Wilmer. And I just can't wait to get out there and watch the intensity of his training sessions and get out there and watch the intensity of the game. See, uh, I'm looking at the, at the chat right now. And when you were mentioning about the fact that the players before um, would not play for the most part, or generally speaking, for the Crest, for the Taurus Crest, but rather for the Dynamo. Uh, it's actually a sentiment that is actually has uh, been mentioned many times throughout the fan base, as you can and hear in the chat. You know, you had uh, Johnny saying most of the players treated it as one big tryout for Houston, unfortunately, or as Santos call, uh, calls, it, uh, calls it an MLS ticket. So it was something that I really believe that the the fan base caught on really, really quick. And as you mentioned, the fan base and the people in the Rio Grande Valley know their soccer and you can't uh, you can't really fool fool them real, real, real quickly with that. You know, yeah, let me let me just add to that, though, Edson, like the players didn't do anything wrong. That's, no, 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 of that, course. That's the, that was their job, right? Their job was to come in and be developed to go to the Houston Dynamo. The Dynamo wasn't doing anything wrong. They were doing the best thing for their club possible. And that was to develop players in this hybrid agreement they have with the Toros. Um, but I think now the, the focus has changed. And I think, I, I hope the fans and those watching this show and, and those uh, that watch our social media are feeling that difference. Um, and I can't wait till you get to see these guys play for you. So, yeah, definitely, definitely looking forward uh, to that. Uh, but uh, con continue, continuing on. So, during the beginning of the off season, um, there was um, there was still a little bit of confusion, or not necessarily confusion, but it was kind of like where was after the twenty twenty season, where was the tours relationship going to go from here? You know, previously, Glenn Davis had uh, mentioned before that um, the there was changes coming within the within the relationship. Jeff Ruder mentioning that there was one year left of the uh, partnership between the Houston Dynamo and RGVFC. Then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, RGV announces that that the that the relationship was going to be. Uh, changed that that it was that it was going to be revised in which like you mentioned now the tours are going to have full technical control over over the team rather than the Houston Dynamo having that control. So once the decision was made to restructure that partnership, what were some of the biggest challenges that you and the RGB front office were able to identify? Hi. <laughs> That was the biggest challenge. It still is. It's the, the, the time hasn't been on our side. 
And it's, it's no fault but our own, but we have to make decisions and we have to make the right decisions, right? Mm-hmm. Um, as I've mentioned to you and to other fans, and as you, as you should have mentioned to me, it was, you know, when is the coach coming? When is the coach coming? Um, when is this coming? When's that? When are the players coming, right? And so, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's what you guys, your job, right? As a fan is to support your team as much as you can. So it's your responsibility to call me out for that. So I appreciate that. Um, and it shows the passion you guys have for this club. And I love it um, because there are clubs around the world that don't have fans with that passion. So mm-hmm. I consider myself very lucky to have uh, fans that will, that will, you know, scream for it. And, and that's great. That's a good thing. So time was the biggest challenge to answer your question directly. And uh, we literally signed the agreement the night before the announcement. Um, I remember the call I made to you actually to let you know we were going to be announcing it. Um, and I could hear the giddiness in your voice. <laughs> Uh, and then you you recorded that video i think from your phone in, in your car and you were looked like you were just like seen a ghost <laughs> i can't believe what happened I, I this is just this just got announced and the news broke um so it was it was time was the biggest challenge right um and then obviously it's it's putting now we have to put a quality product onto the field and back up what we're what we're saying we're going to do uh, but I think, you know, it's, we've got the right guy in place. You know, Wilmer is a world-class professional. Um, the front office, you've seen the talent that, that we've got in the front office as well. The people that they, they, they bleed Toros. They, they, these guys love this team. Um, and we've, we've been able to align our focus um, to see those empty seats behind me and in, in my virtual background to fill as many of those as we can. And, and, uh, you know, there's, there's never been a better time for the Toros, I think, than right now. And you and the fans watching this and the ones that will become fans this year and start watching this show, hopefully you're looking back now six months later and you're looking at past episodes and you're like, huh, this, this was the, the tipping point uh, for the Toros. Um, I'm very confident. Yeah, de- definitely. I, can, <laughs> I think you, you mentioned it correctly. It was like, it just caught me so, so off guard because... Um, that you know all i could do right now was just like stop at a parking lot because i was heading over to san antonio stop at a parking lot and just like give the news like right then and there in and i think in a in a very modern way now with the the power of social media and uh and i was i was really looking forward uh, looking forward to seeing what uh what was in store for rgvfc I mentioned it many times. I think the uh, the threshold, the potential for RGV, in my eyes, uh, completely grew. Uh, it grows as an independent club rather than rather than having an external team controlling it with what I've always said had differing interests compared to what the fans in the RGV wanted. And so now we control our own destiny. And so I was, uh, I was actually, like I said, really excited for the opportunity uh, coming in. So, and I watch your show, Ed, and you know that. And I remember the, the show right after with the announcement and you guys were right, but it also puts more pressure on us, right? Because we've, we've assumed those additional costs. Mm-hmm. And so now we've got to perform and the business, you know, sports is a business. So we have to make sure that the business side uh, and, and we're not coming out and promising a championship, you know, it's, it's, 
It's a lot of work to get to a USL championship. Do we want to win the championship? Hell yeah, of course we do. Yes. Uh, but understand that we're building this team for a hundred years. We want a hundred years from now, our children's children, children to, to be fans of this team. And it is a marathon, not a sprint. It doesn't mean we're not going to try to win games. Don't confuse that. What Correct. I'm saying for that, but this has to be done the right way. It has to be built for the long term, so that your children's children's children are wearing that same shield and hopefully running this show one day. And you know, it's it's interesting because looking back at the history of professional soccer in the Rio Grande Valley, before the Toros, we had two uh, two other USL clubs. At the at the time, it was USL PDL. We had the RGB Bravos and the RGB Grandes. The first one was the Bravos, only lasted for about two seasons, and then they just disappeared. Then the Grandes, one season, then disappeared. The Toros were pretty much like a whole, it's either third time's the charm or three strikes and you're out. And the fact that the Toros have managed to hold on as much as they have and have potential to continue to grow and uh, I think that 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 really should give the RGB fan base a little bit of uh, calmness in the fact that this team more than likely isn't going anywhere. Now, the pandemic really, really is going to be a difficult challenge to get to get past from. Mm-hmm. But from what we've seen, the tours cont- are continuing to push on. You know, we're seeing we're seeing all of these changes done, even with the pandemic. Sadly, we've had some other USL franchises that because because of the pandemic have folded. So, yeah. I think I think for now, the at this point, RGV is doing their part. Now it's now let's see what the fan base, how the fan base reacts, uh, and hopefully it's a favorable response to what we're seeing. But moving on, uh, considering you know, considering you mentioned the time, biggest essence, biggest challenge, going uh, going into this uh, Taurus 2.0. So, when did the job search for the new head coach begin, and what were some of the characteristics that you were looking for in that new head coach? Yeah, so I think the news dropped at was it two o'clock that day? I want to say it was one o'clock or two o'clock. I think it was two o'clock. Um, the search chart started at two o one. Okay, it's it to start immediately. It was December twenty third, I want to say, um, and you know, instantly we got a barrage of, of emails from everyone that felt they were the best candidate for the job, and we got a ton of emails from uh, from agents saying they've got the best coach for us. Um, LinkedIn, I've never gotten more LinkedIn messages in my life from my contacts around, I've got quite a few contacts, not just nationally, but internationally as well, saying, hey, we've got the perfect coach for you. So, um, and I said this, if you've watched the El Camino first episode, which by the way, second episode is coming very, very, very soon. Um, the first episode of El Camino, I talked about it, like that was one of the hardest things I've ever had to do in my entire life. Cause I've been involved in two other head coaching searches, one at the PDL level, one at the USL championship level. Um, the PDL one, I was I was the decision maker. The one at my prior USL club, I was not the decision maker, but I was involved in the process. Um, but my gosh, what a what uh, what a tough decision to to have to make. And then there's so many good people in the soccer world, and I mean that sincerely. Um, there's so many good coaches out there that, that that interviewed and gave presentations and and said, look, this is the my philosophy, and 
And so, um, sorry, I kind of go on on a tangent sometimes, go off on a tangent, but, but what was I looking for? I was looking for someone that gets the Rio Grande Valley. Um, I've moved here from, from the outside, right? So I've had mm-hmm. to learn to live in the Rio Grande Valley. I still walk into a lot of businesses and people talk to me in Spanish and my Spanish is getting better, but uh, I'm still, it still throws me off sometimes. Um, I'm looking for, I was looking for someone that, that uh, attractive style of play, of course, um, but someone that also has long-term thinking and someone that, that realizes this is not a sprint. It's a, it's a marathon and we're building this club forever. And this club should be here forever. This community deserves this club. Um, you mentioned other teams that had gone away. Um, I faced that same challenge when we started the teams in New Mexico, when I started my PDL team in 2013, which by the way, was the same league as the Bravos. Um, same thing. There had been a couple of other teams in the past that hadn't done well. People said, look, if this doesn't work, nothing will ever work in soccer. So um, it was, there's just, there's some eerie, eerily similar, uh, uh, wow, I'm at a loss for words, eerily similar uh, instances here in the Valley that that I have experienced in in other parts of the country when I was in New Mexico. But, um, you know, it's got to be someone that gets the people. It's got to be someone that puts a good product out there. And it had to be someone that, I, you know, it, was, it didn't have to be bilingual, but it's definitely a plus with, with the amount of Spanish media we have here. Mm-hmm. Um, but that wasn't a job requirement. And nobody come, you know, nobody buys tickets to support a team because of the coach. They buy it to see the players and they buy it to, to see the results on the field. You might get some people that buy it for the coach, but it's the coach's style of play that they buy it for more so than the coach itself. Unless there's a, you know, a dangerously handsome president, maybe they buy a couple of tickets for that. <laughs> but, um, but no, it, so there was a lot of factors and I tried to make, there's no way to, to do a scientific process for a head coach. And I called a lot of friends in the industry, you know, how have you done this? How have you hired? How did you search? Who do you recommend? And I called a lot of people for help because if you think you know it all, then you're, you're definitely way behind. So I called a lot of people I trust um, in, the, in the business, both nationally and internationally. And, um, you know, it was just a case of how could I make it as scientific as possible? So I created this big sheet and I had, you know, winning percentage experience, how good they interviewed, how did they answer these questions? What's this, what's that was, and I tried to put a scientific part to the process, mm-hmm. but there was definitely an intuition that had to be there too. And there was definitely like a feeling you know, I talk about energy a lot with soccer. I'm not a foo-foo energy guy. That's my wife. She, she's the energy person in our family. But you know what? I am when it comes to soccer. And so if you, if you look at the seats behind me, each one of those seats in HEB Park, I believe is a, is a portal of energy. And our job as fans of the game is to transfer that energy to the players on the field. And the player's job is to then transfer that energy back to the fan in the stands. And if we can have that exchange from every seat in that stadium, it makes for something incredibly beautiful. And I've seen it at Anfield growing up in Liverpool. I've seen it in that club I shall not name who we play on May 1st. And I've seen it there and it's a beautiful thing as well. And I can't wait to see it here. And it's something that until you've experienced an environment like that, and I'm sure you have, you're a big Tigers fan. You're, you've been to a lot of high level games in, in Houston as well. Until you've experienced that, and you can't really explain that to a non-soccer fan that hasn't experienced that. It's, there's an electricity about it. There's an energy. There's, there's a, a je ne sais quoi, right? To mm-hmm. quote my French. 
it's just there's you can't describe it you just have to experience it for yourself and it's different everywhere you go liverpool didn't feel like new mexico new mexico is not going to feel like the valley and the valley is not going to feel like monterey like everything's going to be different it's that special valley energy that we're going to harness and is it going to happen overnight no and are we going to lose some games yes but you know what when we do lose we're going to try the freaking hardest we can those players will leave everything on that field and you'll know that they didn't just walk around and lose the game and i know Wilmer well enough now to, to know that so and if they do <clears throat> well <laughs> look you'll hear the backlash not you directly but no you know. I, it's on me right but the thing is like we're not coming out saying look hey we got our own team now we're gonna win every game that's impossible yeah. No, what I mean but, is, what I, what I mean is, like, I think uh, as fans, you know, obviously we're not going to be just bashing for bashing, but at least we're going to try and keep the players accountable that they're representing us, they're representing the valley, just like you know, your the hashtag is being used. But and either you're playing for the valley, and so yes. uh, you know, I think it's good that that fans should care enough to remind the players that hey. You guys are you guys are playing for you guys are playing for us. Yeah, we want you to to feel identified by that by that valley identity, and we're going to support you. But at you know, but at the same but at the same time, we don't feel like you're representing us correctly. You know, uh, then yeah, like we're explaining we're explaining right because there's there's losing where you're fighting till the ninetieth minute and it just things just didn't go your way. It's fine. But if you know, I've seen some. I've seen some some soccer games. Not a, not talking about the tours. But I've seen some soccer games like where like you're there blatantly just walking on the field. And it's like, like I remember that. I remember that in Mexico versus Chile. That seven one beatdown. Yeah, that kind of game. But uh, but yeah. So mo- moving. So moving on, and we'll get back with uh, with the uh, the fan experience the the atmosphere in the Rio Grande Valley we'll get we'll, we'll get back to that topic a little bit later on uh so you talked about all of the different parameters that you had and I'm sounding like I'm, I sound like I'm talking about coded work uh, all the parameters that, that you had regarding the, this coaching hire what set Wilmer Cabrera apart from the rest of the candidates what set him apart um he has coached at the highest level for such a long time. He glorifies the game. He, I mean, there's literally hundreds, if not thousands of players out there that have been molded and coached by Wilmer Cabrera. Mm-hmm. He loves the game. So we've had in-depth conversations already just of how much he adores the game. I love that. I'm a purist. I'm a soccer purist, just like he is. Um, He's had success here before. In the one year he was here, he had great success in our first year. Uh, He's coached three different MLS teams, right? He's won a U.S. Open Cup. He's won a Canadian championship with not even with his team, the Canadian championship. He he went in and won it with that team. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's coached uh, by the youth levels at a national team level, and he's played at the highest level, both in Colombia, here in the United States, and at two World Cups. I mean, in my mind, when I was weighing everything out, and I don't want to speak ill about the other candidates, nor will I name who they they were, because there were tremendous candidates there. But in my mind, he has it all. Not to mention 
the 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 per parameters to use one of your terms from coding that that I set forth before, like having to fit in with the valley, having to understand the valley, being able to play for the valley. Um, he's he's got it all, and and uh, El Profe was the guy. Honestly, like like I said, I think the and also the fact that he coached us back in 2016, so he knows the valley from that year that he was that he was uh, with us. Uh, we we had we had the best the best team in in our short history in 2016 under Wilmer Cabrera. The the best uh, the best standings, you know, second in the Western Conference. And I think, like he said, like he, like we say in Spanish, tienes la espinita. Like he had, like he had that unfinished business of like we had the best tournament that year, the the best season in year number one. And for some ex circumstances, we got knocked out in the first year, in the first in the first round of the playoffs. And so now he's. It seems like he he's hungry for. I don't want to say redemption, but at least for that for that revenge of like in year one, under the circumstances of the Dynamo, I did this. Now I can do much better having, you know, my my reign on on what kind of players that I that I can bring that I can bring in. That's that's the observation that I that I've had about yeah, it. No, he, he's hungry. Um, one thing I like about Wilmer, though, he, he doesn't overpromise and underperform. And that's one of the things we have, I think, in common. Um, he, he, he strives to underpromise and overperform. Just like on the business side, that's what I do with, with my bosses. I try to underpromise and overperform. And if you can do that in any, any job or you know, any facet of life, you're always going to do well. Johnny says on, in the chat, he says, like I said on Saturday, this FO doesn't treat these matches as events or something to sell tickets for. They're into this game out of love for the sport. And you can easily tell when it's because when you love the sport, uh, uh, I don't know, it's just it's that aura. Like, like you mentioned, that energy, that vibe that, 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 that you get, it's just you can't explain it. But the fact that, that whenever you talk about the certain aspects of what you're doing, you back them up with, you know, oh, like because this is how I was raised as being a fan, uh, a fan of football. I want to emulate yeah. this into this. Yeah, I, mean, look, I, I still to the, some of my most vivid memories in life have been at football games. You know, I, I remember seeing England play for the first time in the world club and world cup in person. That was in 2006. I remember seeing Liverpool beat Manchester United three nil in 1987. I think it was at Anfield. Um, I remember the 2005 Champions League final. Um, I remember the the uh, the Oklahoma City game at the end of last season that we mm -hmm. won. That felt so I was so happy for those players and for Jerson, who I think I probably shouldn't say this, but I think got the raw end of the deal. Like in in the job that he had, um, he was he was in a very tough spot. I think he's a terrific coach. Um, I remember how it felt with New Mexico United's first win when I created that team. I remember Albuquerque Souls first win when I created that team. There's so many memories in my life. Of course, my wedding day. And <laughs> <laughs> Quick disclaimer. 
Hopefully my wife's not watching. Um, she's in the other room. But uh, but no, but so many memories in my life have been tied to this game. Mm-hmm. And I, what excites me is how many more am I going to get this year, right? Yeah. We're all going to get them. I, is it going to be four? Is it going to be five? How many big, big memories that you like? You never forget where you were when that happened? Mm-hmm. Let's, let's see what happens. So now the, the RGB had announced their, their head coach. Time was still running, and now it was a matter of picking uh, of picking the players. You've announced Tyler Derrick, you've announced Wang Kuzain, and so on and so forth. But uh, many fans, including myself, not gonna lie, uh, we've wondered why the player announcements are being done on a player by player basis uh, throughout the throughout the course of multiple weeks rather than being multiple players being announced uh, at a certain time. What were the, what are the benefits of this an- an announcement plan? I, the players um, are, I think there, there's, there's a few announcements we're going to have to do. I don't know if I can't remember if we've done one yet. There's gonna be a couple of announcements we're going to have to do because we weren't able to get uh, good video highlights or high quality video highlights. I think we've done one like that already where it was just imagery. So we, we've put two together mm-hmm. um, imagery, but the ones we have good video uh, footage of, we've been doing individual ones. Um, look, they're, they're our players. They're our heroes, right? They're, they're the heroes for the kids of the Rio Grande Valley now. Mm-hmm. Um, they deserve it. They deserve the spotlight and I want to give them all the spotlight. It shouldn't be about me. You know, it shouldn't be about Wilmer. I'll respect Wilmer. Um, it's about these players. And these are the players that are going to light up that stadium this year and, and into the future. And they're the ones that, that are, I mean, and from a business, they're our product, right? Mm-hmm. So a business, the players are the product. Um, they deserve it. They deserve the spotlight. And that's what it is. It's I want to give these players as much of the spotlight as possible. Um, they are committing their near future to the Valley and, and they deserve that. And I want them to be here a long time. I think uh, just to make a quick uh, little comment here, um, because I know we've talked about it on on this show in previous in previous seasons, where it almost feels like the the players can go out to HEB, they go go out, do their normal tasks throughout the day, and it almost feels like nobody knew who they were. Nobody could easily identify. It wasn't like, for example, in other teams. Let's say let's say uh, obviously keeping you know the a certain the certain person i don't know how to how to explain it but no, yeah so it, it like for example in let's say liverpool i'm pretty sure if virgil van dyke were to go out into the store people would easily recognize him in liverpool yeah. in theaters andre pierginiak you know and it seemed like that was lacking in in the toros it seemed like nobody outside of the diehard fans could Ident- easily identify players um, out there on the field, and it, and I'm pretty sure that I think that players might have might have felt uh, might have felt that as uh, as well personally. So you know, it might this might be a decision to put them out there and let let the fans kind of get uh, kind of get used to uh, seeing their faces, recognizing their their abilities, recognizing uh, their their play style, and hopefully this this will continue um, as the season progresses. You know, 
which will allow them to have fan favorites, you know, as as uh, as as we as we call them. They're easily re- easily recognizable, you know, in, in the in the fans' point of view, and even in non soccer fans' uh, point of view. Um, but so with so many with so many teams already training for preseason and then having announced preseason games, what kind of setbacks is this going to have in our preparation for this 2021 season? Yeah. So um, the, the guys are in quarantine right now. They're just about ready to start preseason training. Um, we're waiting on one, uh, one of the preseason games to confirm that we can uh, announce when you, when you announce the schedule. So we've got our, our, our uh, three preseason games confirmed. Um, I can't announce them officially until we've gotten the go ahead from the other teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you'll like the games. Um, again, preseason, preseason matches, there's don't make a lot of the results in the preseason. They're designed to, to run different schemes, to try different players. There's trialists that are brought in as well. So you've got your regular roster and then you've got trialists who are trying to make the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and even the quality of the trialists, um, I was so, so impressed with. Uh, we did bring one in from, from our open tryout that came in, uh, and, and he's going to be a trialist as well. And then um, we, uh, we'll, be, we'll be rolling very, very soon here uh, and getting ready for, uh, for those preseason games. So you can expect the preseason schedule announcement very, very soon. Uh, but it was that time thing again, right, that kind mm-hmm. of pushed it back a little bit, and I take responsibility for that. Um, but I think your question is more, is it going to affect our ability to start the preseason or the regular season with, with fire? Um, we're going to be probably a week behind where we want it to be. So we've got to kind of try to make up for that week um, in the preseason. We wanted to, to have, you know, a full six-week preseason. It's probably going to be a five-week preseason. When, and kind of following up with that question, um, when can we expect the final player announcement to be made yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna leave that as a surprise <laughs> ah ron come on <laughs> at least give us a hint at least give us we got we got a couple more that are going to turn some heads um but we also have you got to remember because of the pandemic um and we've got some immigration issues we're, we're working through like like mm-hmm. a lot of teams are um getting visas p1 visas from some of these countries has proven harder this year than in past uh, we've got a great immigration attorney that's helping us out, um, but that is cre- causing some of the delays too okay. in getting papers processed. Uh, you're not allowed just, you know, little uh, insider knowledge here. You're not allowed to announce a player until you've got permission from like 40 different entities. <laughs> and you've got, you've got to have the paperwork process, the player registered, the, the federation they come from has to sign off on that. The league's got to sign off, the U.S. Soccer Federation. So usually we can announce pending league and federation approval. Uh, but there's still a whole other slew of things we got to get right. Uh, we got to make sure that their prior team knows we're doing that. It's all kinds of stuff. So um, long story short, um, I'm not going to answer your question and just leave you in suspense for when the long last story short, God bless the bureaucracy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, it keeps it keeps the fun there, right? You know, they in in uh, the Premier League, which is I grew up following the Premier League. You know, they call it uh, the silly season when they, all the transfer yeah. rumors and stuff and don't worry I, I watch you guys social media and mike and and johnny and all these guys uh, on the chat i mean I, I i watch you guys and and i see the stuff the players they throw out and and you know me i'll never confirm or deny <laughs> <laughs> as the great jerson that you very once said no comment 
<laughs> so actually, I have a question from the chat. Uh, Sloth asked, will preseason games be open to the public? Um, I Right now, we don't have any open to the public. Um, they uh, There's a few reasons for that. I don't want to get into the details today. Um, but I've allowed Wilmer to have, like, to, it, it's his preseason. So whatever he wants to do with the preseason in the future, we'll, we'll have uh, in future seasons, we'll have a, an open preseason game, at least one. Uh, but this season, I, I can't guarantee we'll have one. Um, I do apologize for that, but I want to make sure they get the games they need to get the preparation they need to be ready. May want to uh, kick New Mexico United's butt. Seems fair. All right. So um, we already, we already talked about, the reason you mentioned the reason about preseason this is obviously including la copita which was recently announced by uh by the dynamo the mls teams and san antonio fc boo um can we will the club be making strides to enter this preseason tournament for next preseason i i imagine yes i'd, I'd like to let wilmer answer that question himself next time you talk to him you can you're welcome to ask um, I, and I don't even know, I, I think we may have been invited already. I'm not sure. Um, we'll be, you know, we'll be playing some familiar teams in the preseason. So it, it may not officially be in that tournament. Uh, but as I mentioned this year, more than ever, the preseason is, it's got its purpose. Uh, and it's not to have final results. That's the same in any professional soccer league, but even more so this year for us, because we had to kind of start from scratch, as you know, on December Correct. 23rd. Correct. Um, so moving on from preseason and off season. Let's go ahead and look kind of look forward into what's to come for uh RGVFC and uh especially in trying to attract the fan the fan base into the stadium. Actually I've got one right here from Eddie. This <laughs> good transition. He asked, are any shuttles from Brownsville area to home games included with tickets? Soccer is big in this area. Um, we are working on some solutions. I've had a couple people ask me that. Um, obviously, things take time, um, but I am working on a solution for that. And, and Eddie, please feel free to, to, to tweet at me on Twitter. I'm rpatel956. Um, I, I, I think you saw, I finally figured out how to change my Twitter handle. So I used to be yeah. rpatel505. Yes. rpatel956, please tweet at me, Eddie. And um, if there's anything you can do to to, to, to give me some ideas on how to get it done. I, I'm all ears. So we're, we're working on some possible solutions for that. And don't forget, guys, if you guys are, are patron supporters, you will have the ability to ask Ron Patel a question uh, live on the show in a couple of minutes. Just, just bear with me real quick while I finish this up. Um, so now moving on. So with the Rio Grande Valley overwhelmingly a Spanish-speaking region, like you mentioned uh, earlier in the show, what are some of the plans or ideas to capture that demographic and attract them to the stadium? It's a good question. It's an, um, you know, we talk about this a lot, wanting to have uh, more of a bilingual marketing approach, um, wanting to have, you know, our game day uh, broadcast, our, mm -hmm. our match broadcast, having more of a Spanish flair there as well. But I think the real answer, I can give you the marketing answer and I can give you the politically correct answer, right? I think the real answer is, and you've probably heard me say this before, for us to be successful, we need to be genuine, authentic, and intentional with everything that we do. We mm -hmm. need to be genuine, 
in because people can see right through you if you're disingenuous. If I'm sitting here BSing you, you guys aren't dumb. You can see right through me. We got to be authentic to the valley. All right. And we have to be intentional with everything that we do. So whether it's the 12 days of Toros that we did, mm -hmm. we went out to the community. And of course, that was going on while we were negotiating this restructure with the Dynamo. So it was some busy weeks in our holiday season for me. But whether it's the 12 days of Toros and getting out there, there was definitely some events we did during that. Um, I'll share one of my most, most beautiful ones. I was helping with a food bank distribution. And the, the lady I was working with while I was distributing food to, to people in need didn't speak a word of English. Uh, and I speak very limited Spanish. We worked together for three hours giving food to people and we were able to communicate. And it was such a beautiful thing. I, I still love that. I took a selfie with her. Um, and who knows, I might never see her again. Um, but you know, we, we, had, we shared that moment together giving back to our community. So we have to be out there, um, not just wait for people to come to us. We're, we're going to different places in the Valley and inviting folks to come. Plus we have programs in place for um, if there's children out there that, that normally won't have the opportunity to come to a game. Um, and if people have contacts for us of how we can get these kids that normally wouldn't be able to come to a game, we've got companies that have said to us, hey, we wanna help these kids get to games. So we can do that. We, we'll find ways to get these kids to the games. So please don't, don't be afraid to reach out to us uh, with, with opportunities like that. Definitely, and guys, if you have any other suggestions, if you know, or if you are a predominantly Spanish uh, speaking uh, fan, or if you know anybody that is primarily a Spanish speaking fan, don't doubt and contact Ron Patel via Twitter and sh I guess shoot, shoot him some uh, some suggestions uh, into uh, into his tweet and he'll more he'll more than gladly, you know, evaluate it and hey, who knows, maybe you might, uh, it, it might get implemented in the in, in the future. And, uh, and if it's Finish, that's okay because I'll be able to translate it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, def definitely. Like I said, I feel like I think that uh, a bilingual approach is really going really gonna to help uh, the the people of the Valley feeling I identified with this club, uh, with the fact that the club is going out of their way to kind of like embrace the identity. It all goes back to the identity of the Rio Grande Valley. The identity has always been uh, you know, predominantly sp Spanish speaking, you've got most of the fans, you know, already have, and I've talked about this a lot on the show, they already have a Liga MX team that they root for. They've got, you know, they've got a whole tradition of it. Now it's just a, a time to, to kind of convince them to embrace the, to, to embrace the Toros, convince them that the Toros represents the Valley and, I think that one of the biggest things is, like I said, that you like mentioned, trying to uh, make sure that they know that this is the Valley, the Valley, you know, the Valley RGVFC um, is a is bilingual, just like most of us in the Rio Grande Valley are about from our age, but that we can also cater to the more older uh, population, you know, like my dad's age, you know, that are more, that tend to be a lot more Spanish, Spanish speaking. And so I think there's a whole there's a whole lot of ideas that I have on my mind. And I've, I know I've mentioned to you, uh, you know, you know, b before, uh, but I'm pretty sure the that our fans have a lot of ideas as well. So, like I said, be sure to tweet it at him and um, let's let's get this dialogue. Let's get this dialogue going, ladies and gentlemen. You know, this it's is two, our team. It's a two way street. And 
I told you at the top of the hour, like I'm not, it, I'm not a know-it-all. I don't know it all. I'm a year in here in the Valley. So please, I want to hear, uh, does it mean we'll implement everything that gets suggested? Probably not. We'll try our best, but I want to hear from you guys. And if some, somebody suggests something and someone else suggests the same thing and someone else is the same thing, like, Hey, that's something we definitely need to be doing. So please, we, we listen, we do. So as a soccer, as a fan of soccer for many years, including, you know, Liverpool, I remember you mentioning once, I don't remember where, but you were, you, were t you, you mentioned that when you were growing up, you lived really close to Anfield. So you have that soccer, that soccer background. Um, for you, what is the most important aspect in the club to build a supporter's culture? And when you say a supporter's culture, you're referring to more of the like supporters section or just in general? In general, uh, in general. Um, I, I hate to repeat myself, but being genuine, authentic and intentional with everything that we do, um, loving the game. I mean, treating the team as, look, it's not my team. It's yes, Mr. Cantu owns the team. But like you mentioned earlier, this team belongs to the Valley and that's the way he feels. That's the way I feel. This is uh, de la gente, right? It, mm -hmm. It's for the people. Um, and so I think what is the key? You know, I, I remember talking, I forget who I was talking about it. It was, a, it was another interview I did. And I said, <clears throat> I think that people say, what was the secret sauce in New Mexico, right? Mm -hmm. When you guys came out first year, led the league in attendance. I said, look, first of all, there wasn't one, right? It was a bunch of different factors that fell into place. It was hardworking, passionate people that love the club. But even more so, if I had to pick a secret sauce, it's, it's having a community of people that have such pride for the area that they live in or the area they're from or the area they grew up in um, and being able to represent that pride on the field. <laughs> and that's one of the things that we have here. You know, I think the people from the Valley are very proud to be from the Valley. I've noticed it's competitive, right? We all kind of battle with each other, fight with each other. This high school goes up to that high school. <laughs> But then when that high school makes it up to play that team from San Antonio or from Austin, it seems like the whole Valley gets behind them. Yes. Um, and I always talk about it being a very familial culture. Again, this is a part of my, what I've kind of downloaded since I've moved here is everyone fights with each other, just like a big family. Like, you know, my wife's one of, uh, one of like 70 family members that I yeah. go to their Thanksgiving and they all fight with each other, but they all love each other. But if one of them falls on the ground, like 10 of them are going to run over and pick them up. Right. Yeah. Them. It's like Sherryland versus Las Milpas versus Harlingen versus McAllen. But at the end of the day, like we all like I think we've proven time and time again that at the end of the day, like we always stand together whenever when it's us against somebody else. So we've got it. We've got it here, right? So now what I tell people is all it takes for this thing to for all those seats to be full, obviously after restrictions, you know. Granted, we can't we could go hundred percent if we wanted to right now, but we don't want to. Uh, but it, but to fill that stadium up, we've got everything it takes. All right. And we just have to treat this team not like it's our team. We have to treat it like it's your team. We have to be, we're the stewards of it, right? It doesn't belong to us. It belongs to you. And we're the stewards of it. We have to treat it with respect. We have to make sure the product on the field represents the community outside the stadium. Um, and, and what I say is everyone's just got to lean in just a little bit. We need everybody. In. And to some people, leaning in means just liking a post on Facebook. Some mean leaning in might be following our Instagram page or subscribing to our YouTube page. It might be buying a ticket to a game. That's leaning in. It might be buying season tickets 
It might be sponsoring our jersey. That's that's one company's version of leaning in. Hmm. But if everybody in this community just leans in just a little bit, this thing is going to be incredibly successful. But I also understand that there's a trust there. Okay. And trust is not uh, given, trust is earned. And that's what we have to continue to do is earn the the, the trust of the people of the Rio Grande Valley. And this mm-hmm. it's not gonna happen overnight, um, but I, I hope so far in my first year, you guys uh, have seen that I try to let my actions speak louder than my words. Um, our team feels that way too. And, and we, we're doing the best we can to to make sure we do that. So um, para El Valle, that's why we're here. So I, I, I know it's it's interesting, you know, um, I think one of the observations that, that I've had is, you know, hopefully this will this will change as like you mentioned, the Toros earn the trust of the fans that are probably on the fence or are on the other side of the fence, you know, of supporting the supporting the Toros. But whenever I've been in the Rio Grande Valley, obviously small sample size, you know, but it was rare to see somebody other than my uh, other than myself or other than my friends, you know, from the Stampede, to be going out to HEB or going out to like their every everyday you know task, wearing a Toros jersey. Like you always see a lot of America, you always see a lot of Tigres, but I've rarely seen a Toros jersey, and I think it's one of the things that I think. Um, Need, needs to be improved it was, actually, it was actually one of the questions but i think you kind of answered you know that particular that particular question right now because you know what well, the question was you know like <laughs> it was like what are the changes is the club looking to make marketing wise in order to attract the fans to the stadium post covid or watch the games via espn plus especially in away games you know and let and be I always put as an example because it's what I've grew up in, uh, Tigres and Monterrey. Mm-hmm. Um, the soccer culture, the passion is so much in the city of Monterrey and Leon that there's state or not stadiums, there's radio stations that twenty four, almost twenty four seven, at least all day. It's all about pro, it's all programs talking about Tigres and Rayados, and fans calling the radio station giving their uh their input their opinions their hot takes and that's what i would like to see in the future for the rio grande valley a fan base that is so passionate for the toros that it's not only a 90 minute thing but almost a everyday thing of you know being up to date with it with with the uh with the team you know and uh being very vocal about the, the love for, for the Toros uh, t- almost 24-7. That's what I would like to see hopefully in the future uh, from, in general, from the RGB fan base. I know there's still a long way to go. Like you said, Rome was not built in a day. We'll get there. And again, it'll take everyone leaning in, whatever that means to each individual. But, you know, we'll get there. We get there faster than, than I thought we would in New Mexico. Mm-hmm. Um, we built that franchise and you know when i knew we kind of hit a tipping point was after the fifth game and we were we worked till one in the morning on game nights but mm-hmm. after the game of the first season we got in the groove and we went out for a beer after the game and i couldn't believe it, it was that we were on down in downtown albuquerque and every bar i went into there was black and yellow everywhere i'm like wow this thing is catching on i mean granted we had you know thirteen thousand a game in the stands and there was a movement that had been created so 
um, we'll get to that point where you're going to see more stuff in the stores. You're going to see people wearing the stuff. Um, I want it to be where people go down to 17th Street wearing our stuff. <laughs> That's when you you've really made it in the county, yeah. right? Yeah. Is if you're wearing your stuff when when they're down on 17th Street. So hopefully some of the new merch items you guys have seen in the last year or so, um, people people will be wearing that stuff around town. So, so and speaking of new merch, let's go ahead and transition into the little cat that's in your jacket. So you announced last couple of days the uh the partnership with uh with puma we've left adidas now we will be wearing puma so from what you're allowed to disclose please describe the agreement with puma what does it include and what is different with about this agreement compared to previous agreements with nike and adidas yeah i wasn't too privy to the agreements with, with adidas or nike so it's hard for me to speak to them um, I just saw the tail end of the Adidas agreement and really we were doing it because the Dynamo were doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt, A, I felt it was important to um, establish um, a new kind of look for the team um, without changing this, of course. Um, so it, it needed to look a little different. I think, you know, the, the, the agreements with Nike and Adidas, I'm not knocking Nike or Adidas, but they were transactional where this has got more meaning to it. And what I mean by that is Puma is a forward-thinking organization. Puma is innovative. Uh, Puma is um, very, uh, it's, it's a, when, when, I say, when I say fast, I mean like the imagery of the brand is very fast. It's very, um, it's very stylish, I guess it's artistic. Um, I think all of that energy right there represents what we're trying to do with the team. Um, mm-hmm. My dog outside the door telling me he wants to eat dinner, I think. Um, And so there was a lot of things, a three-year deal we did with Puma, just so you know. Um, And a lot of the things we did were built around community as well. So we've got some, I can't disclose what those terms are yet because we got some surprises planned, but we've got some cool stuff planned in the community with with Puma. We got some cool stuff planned at the stadium with Puma um, and a lot more uh, merch items to come. Obviously, we've only released a a t-shirt and our training jersey. Um, so obviously there's still the home Jersey to, to reveal the, the away Jersey. Um, who knows, maybe there'll be a third kit this year. I don't know. Stranger things have happened, right? Um, so we've got a lot more cool things coming. So with this, with this agreement, does this open the door? And cause this has been asked, uh, to me by, by some fans, does this open the door for certain customization to personalize the kits to like to the identity of the valley like for example uh with new mexico united it was a small detail right with the new mexico united the the inaugural puma kids but their kids had the the four lines that are on the crest on their crest were were was actually on their shirt does this agreement open up to a pos- to that possibility with the kids with the toys? possibility yes will we get it done in the first year i'm not sure um, I'm trying, but I, I'm not sure if we have enough time to get it done this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, in future seasons, the, the customization options are definitely going to be. And I know you. I know you. You told me on on Facebook <laughs> uh, last week about you know if we're if this were to happen, you would like to hear some ideas on what makes the valley the valley. What do the fans would like to see on a shirt? And I think starting from today, I'm going to uh, see if I start getting some feedback 
from the fans on Twitter, on Facebook, Instagram. And so that way y'all can get an idea on what, what we would like, would like to see. Like I said, a lot of stuff is probably may not be feasible due to design, timing, pricing constraints. Uh, but at least it'll get you a general idea. I know personally, uh, I would like to see at least a, maybe not necessarily a jock tag, but at least like a little patch or a screen printed the four counties of the Rio Grande Valley on the shirt. I don't know if it's in the in the back of the collar, in the back of the neck, or uh, under under like at the bottom of the shirt. But I think it would be a cool idea to to see something like like on the Puma uh, T-shirt that just came out with the the four counties. All right, duly noted. I like it. I, we're looking for more ways to use the the shape of the four counties of the valley. Uh, mm -hmm. There are some restrictions on what you are allowed and not allowed to do per the league on certain parts of the jersey. So if you notice, New Mexico was clever with how they did it on the front. Yeah. Um, there wasn't too much of a restriction there. On the back, there are some restrictions, but if you can do sublimation and get stuff into the jersey, then you, you solve all that. So okay. uh, I'm all ears, uh, please. If you want to build a list of stuff, Edson, I think you can attest. I don't ignore stuff. When, some, when someone sends me something, I, I respond. Um, so please, I'm, I'm all ears and wanna, I wanna hear about it. So, so guys, uh, I know there's people, there's uh, some of the Patreons are already in the waiting room, so we'll, we'll go ahead and let, let, let them in. Uh, so if there are any other patrons that have yet to uh, jump onto the, into the waiting room, please do so at this time. Uh, and right now we're going to go ahead and start with, uh, with Eddie. Um, he, he has a, he has a question for you. Uh, <laughs> I know you told him to, to tweet at him. Uh, but yeah, he's going to be here in, in the flesh. Hopefully right now. Hmm, it's taking a while. Let's try, let's try Gilbert. You can do it. There's All right, there we go. There's Gil there's there's Gilbert. Hopefully Eddie can join in uh real soon. Uh Gilbert, are you there? There's Eddie too. Hey, how's, hey, how's it going, Gilbert? Sorry about guys. Hello? Can you hear me? Yes. What's up, man? How's it going? Hey, welcome y'all. Um sorry, I was grabbing a drink, so I didn't know it was coming on yet. Um, hey, Ron, uh, good podcast, guys. Wait, it's going really well. I had a day off today, even though I went uh, and did a little stuff at work. Um, uh, first off, thanks, Ron, for uh, going on Edson's podcast. You know, we always love to listen and see what everything's going on. And before I ask my question, I just want to say, um, first off, thank you for supporting local business. I've uh, had the fortune of seeing you and your wife around. I got to see uh, Wilmer last week and meet to him and talk to him for a little while. I uh, was super grateful for that and to have them over. Um, I also wanted to say it's uh, pretty noticeable the change that we've had uh, since you've gotten here with social media. Um, I've noticed, at least just from my casual perspective, that interaction and stuff is a little up. Um, most of the posts, I mean, when we were, before you got here, I mean, not very much interaction. There weren't a lot of people talking. And um, 
so now we see people commenting like hey let's go to the game this and that on the post that you've had so it's awesome whatever you've done or whoever you've had managing that's been doing a really great job on twitter on facebook and instagram especially so i just wanted to say thank you for that thank you that's not me that's that's the great people. yeah yeah the, they've been doing an awesome job and whoever is doing the uh the designs for the shirts i know um i've had i've bought a, a couple shirts or i got a couple shirts as gifts over christmas i i got the new jersey and i got the new uh blue shirt the blue puma shirt that they've had that have all been looking really great so it's really really awesome that uh you guys have some new designs on there that are super fresh they're modern and all that so it's really cool um i uh, basically uh I just wanted to ask, you know, we're we're trying to grow a supporters group, and we appreciate uh, uh, all that the club does for us. Because I think uh, just talking to other supporters group and other people that um, that you know they don't they don't even have half of what we have, and and all that. Um, even from uh, pandemic, you know, when we had the supporters group league the rocket league uh little tournament that we had along that we had you know support on from the toros on social media and all that and we even had some of the players that watched that so it was really appreciated and i just wanted to know um what kind of do you have any initiatives for supporters season ticket members anything that we should look forward to and anything that we could uh you know that we could promote ourselves because you know the stampede we're always sharing stuff on facebook that we're always uh we're always trying to hype up the team. I mean, you know that we're here and we're supporting the players and we're really excited by anything that we can, you know, bring out for the public and all that to know, you know? Yeah, I'd, I'd like, the, I'd like, uh, well, first of all, thanks for everything, all the nice things you said. I think you're being too kind. Um, but I'd like for any changes, I guess, or things to support the supporters group to come from you guys. So let's, let's get together. Let's have a get together. Um, I'm always down to grab a beer. You guys know that. I don't drink seltzer, so like like Mike does there, but uh, <laughs> come on. But uh, but no, I would love to get together and grab a beer with everybody and, and hear what else we can improve. Um, I think the 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 drum practice on Saturday was great. I heard from our post you got a new drummer that came out. That's awesome. I love hearing that. Um, we should get ten new drummers out there next time. So let's get together, and I'd love to hear you guys' ideas and things that I can do better. Our team can do better for you guys. Um, you know, we are only successful if you guys are. So, uh, and to be clear for those listening, you know, supporters groups are independent from the club. Uh, we don't control the supporters group. That's independently ran by volunteers that are passionate about the community, passionate about the game. And I'm very appreciative. Uh, they've gave, given me the honor of, of uh, leading the march to the match a couple times. And I hope to have that honor again sometime this year. And uh, hopefully we'll be setting off lots of smoke bombs together. Well, uh, Gilbert, thank you, thank you so much uh, for your question, guys. Let's let's try to uh, make this uh, go by real quick since it is past eight o'clock right now. Uh, next up, we've got Eddie. Eddie, can you, uh, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, you can hear. You. Uh, what's your question okay. for for Ron, bro? Hey, so um, well, I had asked that quick one on YouTube, but it was just about the British accent. It was more, it was more of like a phone question. Um, so my question, what's more of like a hypothesis on why it's been difficult to attract like local Liga MX fans? Well, um, Edson, as you and I know, um, when we go to a game in Mexico, you know, for a solid $25, we can get like great, great seats, correct? Mm -hmm. So 
you know, a lot of people, you know, that are Liga Mickey's fans are notoriously anti-MLS fans by nature. So how how do we go about convincing, you know, diehard Liga Mickey's fans to go see a Division II professional team and pay more than what they would typically pay for a Liga Mickey's team? Yeah, great question. Great question, man. Um, to give you some perspective, so I, as, as Edson mentioned, I grew up in England um, about, uh, I was born a mile from Anfield, but I lived 20 minutes away in a town called Chester. And if you, uh, if you do end up looking at my Twitter page, you'll see my, my hometown team on my Twitter page. So, so Liverpool was always my team, right? Just like folks here, their team is Tigres or Rayados or America. Um, but Chester FC was my local team. And even though it was only 20 minutes away, I didn't have the ability because of cost and transportation to go to every Liverpool game, but I did have the ability to go to Chester games. And so I went to way more Chester games. Back then it was called Chester City. Now it's called Chester FC. I went to way more Chester games than I did Liverpool games because they, they embodied our, the community that we lived in. Um, if we can do that same uh, job with the Toros and make, make the Toros the local team, because it's pretty difficult to go to every Rayados game or every Tigres game or every American mm -hmm. game when you live here in the Valley. Um, you mentioned about price. I think we've got to have options that are less expensive than a Liga MX game. Absolutely. And, and I believe we will have that this year. Um, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. And um, I think that it's, it's a case of no matter what league you're in, you can get caught up in the league, but nobody watches the game. Nobody watches um, the Toros, the Rayados, whomever, for the league patch on the sleeve, right? They watch it for the crest on the chest. And that has to mean something. And so my job, Eddie, is to make sure this does mean something. And it already means something to you guys, obviously, because you guys are, are our diehard fans. But this thing has to mean something to the whole community. And, and that's my job, exactly. That's, that's my job is to make this mean more to the entire community. You guys help me do that with how passionate you are about the team. Um, so, and, and I'll forgive Santos for wearing the Mexico jersey tonight and not, not his Torres jersey. <laughs> but yeah, so you're, price, price plays into it, um, but making this mean something plays into it. And we're not asking to replace the Liga MX team. Uh, we're just asking to supplement it with, with the local team. Well, thank Eddie. Thank you so much uh, for your question. Now we'll move on uh, to Mike. Thank you. I'll go ahead. Hey, what's up, Ron? How you doing? Good, buddy. Cool. Um, quick question. I know when you said you're looking for a coach, you wanted him involved with the community, the fans. How do you go with Wilmer coming in? How do you go around? Like, how do you? I mean, what I'm trying to say is how. Fuck, I don't know how to ask the question I want. Like, no, I know what you're getting. I know what you're getting at. Like, how do we how do we get Wilmer involved in the community, right? Yeah, more more like that. Yeah, how are you gonna get him, or how do you see yourself getting him involved with the community, with the fans, yep. especially with the media pushing all kinds of stuff about Wilmer not being that kind of guy. He's a pretty nice guy. When I met him at the press conference, real outgoing. Didn't see that. So, how do you? I mean, how do you have plans for that coming in? Yeah, yeah, I, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't believe everything you hear. Um, and I think Gilbert can tell you he is a very kind-hearted, warm soul, loves the game of soccer, and loves the valley. Um, and he's very. I, I think you gotta let. We gotta let the plane get off the ground first, right? Um, you're not gonna, you know, you're not gonna get the drink service and the peanuts 
until the plane's off the ground. Let's, I, I've got to give him his time to get the team ready because that's his job um, to get that team ready. And then we find ways to integrate him into the community. Um, again, part of the role of a soccer team in my eyes is, is inspiring the kids of our community to make positive decisions with their lives. So how do we do that? We do it by putting a competitive product on the field, but by, by being integrated with the community. So uh, you will see him in the community. I just got to give him time to, to get the team ready first, because first and foremost, that's what we got to do in order to represent you guys properly. Cool. Thank, thank you so much for your question, Mike. And uh, last but not least, we've got Santos. Santos, what's your question to run? I'm worried about this one. He looks like he's in a good, good mood. Hey, look, Ron, I just uh, recruited a, a, I'm in Laredo tonight. And this guy, there you go. he's been so anxious to go see a Toros game. Yeah. He's going, he's going. <laughs> Okay, so I'm on a radio tonight working and I'm always trying to get people from out of where I live to go see them because I'm always in Corpus and Laredo and in the Valley. And I've got some people to go, uh, not last year, but anyways, I'm buzzed. <laughs> but okay, how do we, how could we grow the stamp? And this is a, I guess, selfish question. How can we grow the stampede also? Because we could draw so many fans with our noise and with our ambient and beer. But it's uh, like what you guys did this past week where you put uh, RGVFC is going to have a open jam session. Join us. That was awesome. I appreciate that very much. But um. I guess it's not really a question. It's, it was just a thanks for doing that. And if you could do that more often when we could bring so many people with our people we know, word of mouth, and um, I, I guess it's just people well, we know, it, right? It is a question, but too. How could RGVFC Toros uh, bring more oh, people oh, to, the jam, oh, oh. to the jam session area instead of just going to the seat and watch the game we want people to be rowdy out there and, and that way you just get more people going because it's like going downtown it's yep. bad it's ugly but people go because everybody goes yep yeah no no it's, that's a question but that's what i said no it is like a question too it's like how do we get more right how do we get more for the stampede and more for the tourists i think you know i i think back to I, there's some great teams in the usl that do this really well sacramento republic i think of they talk about game day starts um, when you leave your house and it doesn't end till you come back into your driveway that night and having that kind of mentality. Um, I think with the stampede, again, I want to get together. Let's have a social event um, for beers for those that, that want to come and those that don't want to go out yet and don't feel safe. We can maybe zoom those people in um, and, and learn about things we can do together. I'm all for promoting what you guys are doing. Um, I think it's, it's, you guys are already inviting and welcoming to other people. So I think the tailgates are a big part of that too, right? Uh, being inviting to everyone to come to the tailgates, um, but I'm—I'd love to. I appreciate the nice words, and and I'd love to uh, to learn more about what we can do to support you guys. Yeah, we helped get one more drummer, but I mean, again, from a perspective, the curse. Wait, 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 wait. Paul was already a drummer. He just doesn't have a cell phone because he—he's 15 years old. Uh, so he found out through Facebook. So, all right, don't get too much credit for getting us another drummer now. But no, so like in New Mexico, we started the team, the curse that started with six guys. And then every game, there was a thousand of them behind the goal. And so that happened obviously in a short amount of time, um, but it was about being inviting the, the supporters group. It was about letting the supporters group have independence, not ran by us, they ran it themselves. 
and it was about just uh, being inviting to all fans. So, well, uh, hey, by the way, Ben, you're a great person, man, because uh, you could tell you're not just going through the motions. You're a badass person because I've hung out with you in other events besides RGVFC at the Liverpool, they're at the walk-ons and stuff like that. And man, you're you're a cool person to be around, even if it's not talking about soccer. We've talked about other stuff besides soccer, so like, uh, it's not just good to have a like a president that's bringing success to our group or turning the tide, but you're all around good person too. Thank you. I appreciate that. You're not too bad yourself, Santos. <laughs> Santos, well, thank you. I do. I'm kind of rough around the edges, but I, I get around. <laughs> Santos, thank you so much uh, for, for your question. Um, and that's going to be it guys for, for this episode, guys. Uh, Ron, any last minute comments before we let you go? No, again, I, I, I can't say enough how much I appreciate you guys um, chiming in, asking questions. You're saying way too many nice things. Um, Edson, I appreciate your coverage on the team. You know, I think you and I have a good relationship. Um, you hold me accountable, uh, which I appreciate. And I've held you accountable before, too. Yes. Um, but I think that it's it's great that you cover the team this way. Um, and to all the listeners out there and, and listeners uh, watching, uh, please just uh, lean in, whatever that means to you. Uh, it, it might be liking us on Facebook, coming to one game, season tickets, asking your company to sponsor, whatever. Just lean in a little bit, whatever that means to you. Um, and I promise you what we're building here uh, for Toros 2.0 is beautiful. And there's many more uh, surprises to come before the season even starts um, on the field and off the field. So can't wait to, to drop some of this stuff and uh, really appreciate it. I feel I feel the energy coming back and uh, I'm ready to give more back. So thank you. Uh, thank you for taking the time uh, to talk about about the Toros and everything that's done uh, here. Uh, but we'll go ahead and let you go, and hopefully we'll have you back on the show for for another for another day. Can't wait. Thanks, guys. All right. Thank you, Ron. Take care. All right. Well, guys, uh, that's gonna do it uh, for tonight. Um, I appreciate everybody who is uh, who tuned in today to to listen to what Ron had to say about the Toros. If you guys are new here, if you guys have not heard about Down in the Valley, I uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. First of all, welcome to the Down in the Valley community. This isn't just a, a, a regular show to talk about to talk about the Toros. I think this is a community. This is a family within each other. We learn, like, I'm not here. I've told this before. I'm not here to tell you what to think. I'm here to give you the research or the sources for you to make your own decisions about the about the the RGVFC Toros, um, and we're here to all learn at the same time. We're all fans of the game. We're all fans of the Toros, and we do it for the love of the for the love of the Toros. So let's build this community together. If you guys have not done so, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel, YouTube.com/slash/Down in the Valley. Uh, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com/slash/Down uh, in the RGV. Follow us on Twitter at down the in the RGV as well, and check out our website ditvpodcast.com. We'll be posting some uh, uh, articles uh, regarding the Toros as the season progresses, and also check out my articles at ventefutbolera.com um, for RGVSC articles in Spanish. So be sure to share this, like this video, let people know about the, uh, down in the valley. We talk. This is this show specifically for the Toros. We rarely talk about Liga MX. We rarely talk about other leagues. We're here to talk about the Toros, and we're here to set the facts straight. There's been a lot of misinformation on Facebook, and we've been, we are here to combat it. 
we've been here together since 2017 covering the dynamo covering the uh, covering the toros so we're here we're like i said we're here to learn we're here to learn become more informed as a fan base for with our love for the toros so be sure to like this channel and thank you guys thank you thank you to all of our patrons javier uh gilbert santos eddie jeff um hold on let me get the, let me get the list because i am bad with my memory i will tell you this much um we've got uh carrie santos johnny thank you so much for all your support of patreon if you guys want want to join the uh the patreon list and get exclusive perks while doing so patreon.com slash down in the rgv just a quick recap so far the roster where we've got we've got tyler derrick Wan Cousin, Camden Riley, Grant Robinson, Carter Manley, James Murphy, Adrian Arturo Dispe, Elvis Aimo, uh, Christian Sorto, and Adrian Vera, who was recently announced uh, today. Um, guys, hope you all tune in next week for another episode of the Down in the Valley podcast. Next week is going to be the Patreon Invitational. So be sure to, if you guys are patrons, be sure to make plans. Uh, we are going to be discussing the whole show, you know, asking questions about each other. Like I said, we're here for us to grow as a fan base, grow more informed. And that's what we're here. That's what we're here for. Um, and that's it. That's all. That's, that's all I have to say for today. Drink plenty of water, wear your mask because we want to see you back at HB park, uh, this May 1st against New Mexico United. Bye.